0: Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Joel Clark for another episode of Wuxia Workshop. And today we're going to be talking about Duel to the Death, a 1983 film directed by uh, Tony Ching-Sui-Tung. He's the director of Swordsman, Swordsman 2, um, East is Red, Chinese Ghost Story, a bunch of of really big movies, including recent films like Sorcerer and the White Snake and other movies like Naked Weapon. Um, This was Joel's first time seeing it. And it's a a very unusual film. It really had a big impact and influenced a lot of other movies. Uh, But it's basically about uh, a a Japanese and Chinese rivalry where there's going to be this big duel between uh, a champion from Japan and a champion from China. But somebody is trying to mess with the integrity of the bout and perhaps fix it. And there's also a, a background plot. Uh, where they're trying to uh where they, where they're actually using the duel in order to do something else that'll uh have bigger implications for the the feud between Japan and China. And so that's the the very basic bare bones description. I should say it stars uh uh Andy uh not Andy Lau. It stars um Damon Lau and um and Norman Chu as well as uh Flora Chung and Eddie Ko. Uh Joel, what did, what did you think of the movie? It was really fun. <laughs>
1: It was really fun in a way that I wasn't expecting although it uh, doesn't make any bones about what it's going to be about. And in, in even the opening scene, like you've got uh, an invasion from ninjas sealing a kung fu scroll and all kinds of uh, zany hijinks ensue. So I, I really enjoyed it. It's extraordinarily well acted. I'm glad you mentioned the actors because like just, uh, I'm not going to say despite the zany premise but in, in addition to the zany and, and straight up kind of goofy wacky stuff that goes on like, there's a, there's a lot of really strongly acted, dramatic points in the movie that, I don't know, they they anchor it in a way that makes it really satisfying to view. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I Actually, I, I compare it a lot to Ninja Scroll. I think that whenever uh, you're talking about the things that inspired, probably it inspired a little bit of Ninja Scroll, too. There's, there's a lot of scenes with the ninjas where they're doing stuff like, they're throwing their ninja stars with the accuracy and deadliness of a submachine gun, Yeah, and they're just like, completely covering uh, whatever area they're throwing at with ninja stars. And that's exactly echoed in a scene in Ninja Scrolls. So I'm pretty sure there was some some cross-cultural pollination going on there, which, again, Clash of Culture is a powerful theme in the movie, which is well and respectfully done. There's, there's a lot of it to appreciate in it, actually.
0: And I just want to head off um, any criticism online of something I just said. I know I mentioned that he directed Swordsman 1, uh, mm. I realized that that was also a king who film and King who was the initial director but that there was some it was complicated. It. yeah I think he took it over I can't remember the exact details but I just wanted to clarify that because I know that the King who fans might uh might and, and and swordsman one definitely looks very different from the other swordsman films as a result of that um, mm. but uh but yeah so yeah I, I think what I like about this movie is number one it's it's kind of goofy like you were saying like it's a little like it definitely gets into some weird territory but there's like this underlying quality to the way the film is made like like that even that opening shot you mentioned where the ninjas kind of just are are running down you know fit towards the camera there's something really impressive about the way that that shot is is set up and the the way that they use music throughout the film like every time and again it's sort of it sort of borders on goofy but it's the the music is very well well put together and selected and and they and they use it right. Like every time the characters are moving from one place to another, you get that glorious music. And I just find that in a Wuxia movie, that adds so much to the experience.
1: And it's almost like a Terry Gilliam movie, you know, where like it is really zany, but at the same time, there's a powerful emotional core to it that kind of ties it all together.
0: Yeah, no, so. I agree. I agree. In fact, it's funny how quickly it can go from like you have the scene with the master, which is totally goofy. It's almost cartoonish the the mm-hmm. master who's like falling out of the tree and hitting his head and, and complaining. And it pivots at the very end of that scene into something a little bit tender and heartwarming. And, you know, it, it's, it, it's the kind of movie that can do that. And again, I think you're right about the actors, you know, Damon Lau is, is very effective in this role. And, 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 and it, it may be in the hands of a less skilled actor. The, all of these, all of these dialogues where the two fighters are talking about honor and duty and all of these things that can, they can sometimes come across very heavy handed in a film. It's believable because they, you know, they, they, you know, again, it's, you know, you have, you have Norman Chu and Damon Lau are are largely the ones that are, uh, who's the the chemistry between them is what's really important in the movie.
1: Yeah. They, and they do have a powerful chemistry through this movie. Like, um, I don't know. which, Which one of those guys is the, uh, is the samurai in this, this one. That's Norman Chu. That's Norman Chu. Chu. Okay. Well, Norman Chu is, is a freaking madman in this one. He's really, really good. He's very serious. He's very heroic. Uh, he's very complicated. Although he, he does that in a really straightforward and comprehensible way, really impressive performance. And yeah, again, I want to point out that there's a lot of like goofy stuff that happens in this movie. And like, he's almost stereotypically a high bound, honorable samurai, but he sells it. He sells it in a way that's really genuine and heartfelt. And it, it makes everything that happens with this character that much more, like, tragic and immersive and believable. So, surprising heart to the to the zany ninja movie.
0: What, what I like about the Norman Chu character's name is Hashimoto in this. He, uh...
1: A ah, cool name, too. Forgot about that.
0: Yeah, no, he has, he has a very he has a realistic name. And I think Damon Lau was, um... Uh, Lord of the Sword was his, was his moniker. Um... But yeah. but I, I like that he uh he he just wants to have this duel. Like that's all he wants. He just wants to have the duel. That's his <laughs> overriding thing. And at one point in the movie he reaches this this point of agreement with the Damon Lau character where they're both kind of on the same side trying to make the duel honorable and not not tainted by this conspiracy that's going on. And he even And and the Norman Shu character even uh, goes against the wishes of the Shogun in order to make this happen. You know, so 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 he sort of has torn loyalties going on here. Uh, It looks like him and Damon Lau are becoming friends. Do you know what I mean? Like they're almost like becoming, or at least there's a mutual respect. But then he does this horrible thing. Yeah, and they uh,
1: both want to kill each other. It's weird.
0: Well. I'm going to spoil a very crucial plot detail. So if you haven't seen it, you don't want this spoiled, you know, though I think you can see it coming a mile away.
1: Um, You can, but you know what? It's worth it to watch it, even though it's not necessarily surprising. So I would not worry about spoilers in this movie hmm. so much as I would just kind of make a mental note to yourself to go watch it. It's very much worth a watch.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. And, um, but there's a scene where, uh, where Hashimoto is trying to convince Lord of the Sword to have the duel after after this conspiracy has been unravelled and and they've sort of put everything you know they've 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 they've, they've sort of saved the day uh, and oh and yeah that, I thought the movie was
1: over yeah even though we had a duel to the death yet
0: because they do they totally resolve the plot yeah well and it's and, funny yes. it's it's funny too because then you're like oh yeah it's called duel to the death and now we're getting the duel to the death and it uh it's it's it, again I don't know what the title is in Chinese so sometimes it's not even wasn't even part of their 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 thinking when they were putting the story together but it feels like you've been warned this is a duel to the death and then yeah. you you stupidly <laughs> forgot it was a duel to the death and and Norman exactly. chu is going to remind you no this is a duel to the death and so uh Damon Lau is is taking his master uh back to Shaolin Temple on horseback and he's refusing to fight Hajimoto so Hajimoto's like well i bet if somebody close to you died you'd be willing to fight and then he just up and kills the master as
1: the sole nefarious act in the movie.
0: Now, how did you feel about that final duel? Cuz it's an interesting, it's an interesting conclusion, I thought. I'm I'm curious what your feeling is of the outcome. It
1: is I I think the term Fearic victory was ringing in my head during that uh, during that duel cuz it is spectacular and gory and it's it's so gory that it's almost cartoonish. Yeah. But there, again, the acting between those two like powerhouses like, the performances are so, like, heartfelt and so believable that, like, it never tips over the line to outright wackiness. It it just feels, like, brutal and explosive and terrifying. Mm. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed it. But, like, nobody is the winner at the end of that duel. Yeah. They're both so hideously maimed and bleeding to death. The, and they're both standing. Like, no one clearly loses or wins, and that's great. Well, I thought the movie,
0: I felt that the Norman Chu character. So I'm going to spoil the duel and and, and we're going to have to talk about the outcome. He stabs Norman Chu in the stomach. Right. Like it looks like that looks like a lethal wound to me. I don't know if he was dead or not, because there's this there's this trope in Wuxia movies where they where the guy dies and they just stand there. And it was a, in this movie. It's a little hard to tell if he's still alive or not in that moment.
1: Yeah, he's like propping himself up with a sword. He's clearly wanting to fall over and like, die.
0: Like, remember in um, Eighth Diagram Pole Fighter, it opens yeah. that way. There's that death scene like that. Um,
1: oh, And, yeah, that and also great. they they do it before uh, what was that? Scene. That was a heartbreaking scene. We got to get to that too. But like, yeah.
0: No, that definitely was. Um, but 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 the the Damon Lau character, Lord of the Sword, he his arm gets cut off in in yep. the, as he's making this maneuver, and the fingers on his other hand get cut off, so he's he's got nothing left like like what yeah. what you know he's got his kicks basically he can he can <laughs> kick and he can slap you now, but he has no no means of holding a sword anymore um and so so yeah, I, so
1: he's lost in everything but in being dead, even if he's killed Norman h's character
0: yeah and 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 to a degree at least the swordsman is dead, I think so. Mm. So I don't know. It's 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 a really it's 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 a really upsetting uh, outcome because normally in these movies, there's at least like a, either they would both die and it's clean and conclusive, or mm-hmm. one of them dies and one of them survives and it's like okay, either the guy I wanted to win lives or the guy I didn't want to win lives. But I kind of have like a there's a sense of continuation. But with this, it's like there's no, nobody's going on to do anything else after this duel. There's you know, yeah,
1: nobody staggers that. Like I said, there's no winner in this because like, there's just not. It's it's a, at the best it is a fearic victory, mm. uh, for the the former lord of the sword. But even that is like completely robbed of any meaning because they're having the duel to the death after it mattered. Like again, I can't stress enough how much the plot is over by the time they get to dueling to the death, and it's mm. only important to the characters yeah. that it happened.
0: No, and there's and there's a lot of stuff that leads. I mean, like we're glossing over all this plot, but like the whole thing where, 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 with Master Han and the the competition and him trying to restore his family to its former standing and mm-hmm. sculpting his daughter so that she can be the vessel for that, and then spoilers again, he ends up killing her accidentally after um, falling in love with her. <laughs> yeah. So well, no, I mean, I mean, Master Han kills her accidentally after. Um, oh yeah. After Damon Lau falls in love with her um yeah but but yeah it's
1: no, a wonderfully tragic thing that sort of just kills the character's ability to have any kind of happy ending
0: no exactly exactly but it's also interesting that the Damon Lau character lord of the sword the moment she dies he just kind of walks out of the room do you know what i mean yeah those, he's done yeah uh, he sort of accepts it pretty quickly um i mean like yeah it, and again
1: it'll In a lesser movie, that would seem sort of goofy. Like, he's just walking away. The woman he loves is lying there dead, and her father's, like, cradling her body and weeping in madness. Hmm. Nah, I'm out. But, But because of the way he carries it, it's like, okay, you know what? No, he's right. Like, he's very much like a paladin character. He's a super good guy in this one. And so, at that point, like, it's hideous, but justice was served. And, like, it hurts him, personally. But it was at least a just outcome so
0: well and i think and i and and i'm always a little bit perplexed by that scene because i don't know what his character is actually thinking i'm I'm wondering does he does he because i guess on one hand you're right like master han is kind of getting his just desserts in that scene
1: in a lot of ways the death of his daughter is a punishment for him yeah so
0: but on the other hand she was sort of go resisting her father's plot though she initially had helped um so it's 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 a it's a it's a very i don't know i just i just don't i have no i have no real clear sense of what his character is feeling in that scene maybe maybe we're not supposed to maybe that's the point maybe he is um maybe he's feeling an awful lot of things and he just is deciding to focus on the mission um, yeah
1: that's kind of the vibe that I, I always got that i got out of the scene the one time i watched it i'm saying always like i watched it a million times
0: no, but I mean, like, because he
1: storms out of there, and he's clearly upset by everything that just happened. But like, he's also a big enough hero that I think that he's focusing on the broader issues yeah. that are at stake, which then completely resolve. Yeah, and, and so it, once once they're resolved, his like heroic impetus is gone. and He still has duels to the death, and 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 the and the and the the the
0: the thing that he's solving is actually rather interesting. Master Han is working with the Japanese, and the Japanese. Shogun is using the duel in order to distract the Chinese so that he can kidnap their greatest heroes, basically, and then bring them to Japan, and then they can, you know, learn about their kung fu and then use that against the Chinese, is the, is the premise. Um, yeah. Let's not gloss
1: over the goofy ninja subplot. This yeah. is their plan. They're going to steal the Chinese masters in little, uh, in little boxes and carry them to Japan with their army of ninjas.
0: And again, it, <laughs> wacky. And it works really well because they use a lot of like the wire work is very well done. So there's this horizontal movement across the sky as the ninjas are carting them off in these boxes. And there's another film called The East Is Red or Swordsman Three, which the, he also directed, I believe. And um, and that movie makes similar use of of f- people fighting on kites. And I even think I think the Japanese are even involved in that one too. Um, but you have like ninjas on kites type of situations and you know a lot lot of similar type of visuals um but i thought the the wire work in this looks really sharp it's it's got like a it cuts across the sky and it's and it and it and and the way that it's almost like it's the kind of thing that you normally only see in anime do you know what i mean like like it requires animation to kind of get the the style that the film is is striving for yeah,
1: this one nailed it, though. It's, it's got a sharpness to it. You're right. This is kind of a, a kinetic directiveness to it, you know? And I, I mean, they, they, like, launch. That's, that's how I describe it. They, they launch around. They don't, like, jump. They're, like, zoom.
0: I also... So, oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I just said it's something to see. That's it. That's all I had to say. This wasn't substantial.
0: I also like how the, the Norman Chu character's master sends him off. Like he's he's going off to this duel, and their school has this motto. It's basically kind of like the Cobra Kai motto, like no mercy to the enemy ever. Like you know, never okay. hesitate. You know, always kill. Uh, it, it's much more lengthy though and poetic. But uh, but the um, in fact, I wonder I wonder if that's where the Karate Kid got that,
1: that Ooh, idea from. Yeah, I wonder because you're up right. Before? It's very similar to Cobra Kai. Yeah.
0: Um, but but either way, the uh, uh, the master puts a mask on and attacks him on a bridge. And because he's been trained to, like, you know, just kill without thinking about it, he, he he kills the guy that's attacking him only to learn it's his master. And then his master has him recite that that uh, that pledge uh, as, yeah, as he's dying. Lying there,
1: dying in his arms. Yeah.
0: And so and I think the point of it is, like, you know, he's, he's trying to send him off fully committed to the duel. Like, you know, if you can kill your master, you can kill anybody. It's,
1: right, it's, and an important thing to point out for those who don't follow, like, wooshy trips very well. Killing your master is like killing your own father. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's a huge deal. And, uh,
0: and and it's a moving scene, too. It's a moving it scene. Go ahead.
1: I said it is. It's very good. That was actually the moment where I was totally sold on the movie. Because until then, it was, there was a lot of wacky hijinks with ninjas and stuff like that. But, like, that scene is one we where you're like, oh, holy hell, this this is going to be quite a ride, isn't it? I wasn't expecting that depth of feeling that suddenly that, this, yes. that's a really way to describe the I mean, the impact of this movie on you
0: yeah it, it rounds out the norman shoe character very well because he really he really is a character that you, you know he could have been in danger of being really one note because he is kind of like yeah. the he's the stereotypical sort of japanese warrior who you know just doesn't hesitate to <laughs> kill <him. laughs> but but they throw in that 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 story that gives him this background that it adds weight to To why he's the way he is, do you know what I mean? It's it's like it, 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 he he he's fully committed to this idea, but it's not like he's completely untouched by all of the stuff that goes into it. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, and he does a good job of
1: taking what is often a very taciturn and high bound kind of approach to uh, to tradition and and loyalty and exhibiting the human element and the emotion that's behind the the kind of cultured mask. It's a really, really good scene. And it does that a few times with this character. And it's a great way... Because, again, his, his performance feels subdued unless you see all of those scenes, too. And then you're like, oh, wait. <laughs> this guy is like this, this really well-crafted mask on top of this maelstrom of powerful emotions.
0: Yeah. Because he's a jovial character in a lot of scenes. We see him like, with the kids when he shows the kid like, how to deal with the bully. And we see the scene where he's drinking with uh you know right this is right before the scene with the master i think where he's drinking yeah he's uh, he's partying with his friends yeah and so you know he's he's a pretty well-developed character and the and the damon lao character is just a very smooth like uh genteel uh chivalrous character you know what i mean but it but it works yeah. it works really well um and 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 damon lao can play a lot of a lot of types he's very good at sort of you know it, i think i don't think i've ever seen him in a role where i've been like all oh, that that was horrible you know um <laughs> yeah so uh and also eddie Coe is in it as the uh as the the sort of uh tricky uh monk that's that's behind the plot involving the shogun um, another really
1: fun character
0: yeah and, and he's great and it's funny because you always like you always see like whenever he's in a movie, you just you see the eyes first, and it's and it's and something about his eyes. Uh, the, the, I think he just has this like presence that. Uh, uh, There's a lot of
1: expressiveness to him, even though like he doesn't do like goofy faces like Jim Carrey. Like there is something about his face that's really um, animated, hmm. like he, he conveys it really well. So yeah, I I concur. Very characterful kind of presence.
0: And the. Uh, now the other thing I want to talk about cuz we're going to, you know, going on for 20 minutes and I do want to get into some gaming stuff and I want to this is where I was this is where I used the movie for gaming. Do you remember the thread scene with the poison into the cup? Oh yeah, that was a great scene. They they, they lower a thread from the from the ceiling. There's like a ninja in the roof and he lowers a thread and then he and then he and he and he, and he, and he drops the poison down the thread into the cup and it's it's so elegant and perfect. But it's also the most gameable thing I've ever seen in terms of ninja attacks. Because number one, there's clearly like a means that the poison is like there's a, there's a clear way for you as the game master to say like make a detect roll, or for the player to be like I'm looking around, do I see anything? And you can clearly indicate what it is. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah,
1: it's also whenever they succeed on the roll, you can still present them with a mystery. I love that. I love that in games. You have to roll to see if you can even notice it. But when you do, you see a string dangling over your bowl, and there's a single drop just yeah. kind of cascading down and it drips into your porridge. What do you do? Well, that's a that's such a wonderful thing to present a player with.
0: Well, what I like too is I always like saying, okay, this is gonna be the this is sort of the thing where the players can like notice this. Do you know what I mean? Like this is like the chance that they have. And then and then, and then it doesn't—it doesn't feel like a predetermined. Oh, you were just poisoned. Like no, you know, you, you know, it was just that you know, you drank from the cup. You're poisoned. It was. Uh, it, it's a little. It's got a little bit more. There's a, there's just one additional step, that yeah. triggers that detect roll. Um, and then once the detect roll is triggered, it's a nice visual that can lead somewhere because ah, it must be coming from the roof. Is Somebody it must be on the roof. After- you know, so, so, in my game, I don't remember the specifics. I know we recorded the session and posted it. So, what I'm about to say might actually be incorrect because it's been like a year. Um, but what I recall was something along the lines of they were traveling with a guy called Iron God Mung, and somebody wanted to poison him or kill him. and And so when they went to a tavern, this is what happened. and 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 the, and and so in this situation, it wasn't like a PC's life was on the line. It was directed at NPC. But it was an important NPC, and whether that NPC died or lived in this moment would have directed the campaign in two totally different directions. Um, and so, if I recall, I don't think that they saw the threat. Um, I think that he did get poisoned, but then mm. they saw the threat, and they were able to catch the assassin and then get the antidote within time to prevent Iron God Mung from dying. And I think it was, I think, it, it, if I recall, it boiled down to either a single role or, like, a really tight window. Um, so it was like this really suspenseful moment in the game. Um, but I think that, but, but scenes like that are the, they're, they're like, in terms of gaming, you, you see these scenes and you're like, oh, I'm going to use that in the game. And, you know, <laughs> there's, and there's, a, I think there's quite a few like that. I mean, the, the plot too is also, I think something you could, you could take like the idea of like, like maybe not kidnapping 18 heroes, but kidnapping one or two. Might be more manageable in a campaign, um, but it's an interesting oh. MacGuffin, you know. I don't. Know, does that meet the I definition of MacGuffin? That. By the way, I know we've discussed that in the past. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. know. I lost.
1: A, I lost hold of it conceptually a little while ago. Okay. I thought. That, I, I mean, like, I don't think it's. An, I don't think it's technically a MacGuffin. I think it's a a plot hook element. Okay. Oh, plot point. I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Uh, but I. I always like the the framing device of there's an important tournament or an important like official thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. And then there's some sinister thing happening in the background. I really, I really dug that about this. And that's something you can use in a game too, where like they're going to a state dinner yeah. or a tournament duel of death or anything well, like any big official thing f- with something it, nefarious happening in the background.
0: In, in fact, let me do a shameless plug of tournament of Dalu yeah. right now. Well, yeah. Um If anybody plays Wuxia games, check out tournament of Dalu. Uh, it's PDF. It's, it's. Uh, I think it's. It might have been pay. Yeah, I think it is pay what you want. So you could probably get it for free. Um, but it's. It's exactly what Joel's talking about. A tournament with a sinister thing going on in the background. Um, yeah. No, but I, I. love that. I love that kind of a, a plot. Um, it's. It, it, tur- tournaments and martial arts really go well together for obvious reasons. Um, and and so it's a natural fit. And and I think. Uh, I think this is an example of a tournament done well because. It's number one, there's not a lot of movies and I like movies like this, but like if you think of like a movie like Bloodsport, which I just did with Steve on the other uh uh podcast episode um of uh what was that? Bloodsport Commando is what we call that show. Um we did Bloodsport and you know, in a movie like that it's like a big giant tournament where a bunch of guys have to fight and there's a whole lot of you know you have to kind of watch like the uh the branches of the, 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 the brackets you know, yeah. go, get down to the final showdown. But in this one, they didn't have to do that because they had the conspiracy. And then the duel at the end is more of an ad hoc thing that the competitors themselves <laughs> initiate. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit cleaner uh, in terms it is of storyline. It's a
1: lot easier to follow, and I think the complexity of the, the 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 plot means that you need to have a simpler tournament.
0: Yeah, well, especially in a game, if you're going to do tournaments, tournaments are tricky. Um, I've done a lot of tournament games and they can work, but, but some of the problems that arise are, well, how do you, number one, you do have to have your brackets sort of set up, right? Because if you have a tournament and I know there aren't brackets in this one, but we're talking tournaments, um, you need to have competitors and you need to have a way of resolving when the players aren't fighting, but other people are, how do you determine who's getting through the, the, you know what I mean? So that, so that it's it's a. Uh, so that it feels like a real tournament do you know what I mean because I've 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 participated in tournaments I don't know if you have I know you did Tai Chi I don't know if they do they do tournaments or is that more
1: I never got that into it with Tai Chi I wouldn't imagine the Gathering tournaments does that
0: count but there's a whole thing where you're sort of waiting your turn and like you don't know who you're going to fight until you know some of the fights have cleared out, and those okay. are op. Oper- the, the The reason why you need you need a f- method for determining the brackets is because that's opportunities for the players to interfere with outcomes. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, Which is great. Every time I
1: run a tournament, the players nefariously interfere with it. I love it. Every, no, literally every time. Woman, my my wife was just like, "Oh, not every time. No, every time." She's in all of them. It,
0: it, <laughs> that's 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 one of the joys of 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 uh, of that kind of campaign. Um. And, uh, and I think also it's really helpful to have, uh, you know, again, it really depends on the system, I suppose, but you really need to think through having characters that are stark in terms of like visual and personality, but also in terms of combat, because that's all that's really, acc- you know what I mean? Like if, if, if you, if you're playing, so for example, if you were playing 3E, you would really want to have your builds worked out, I think for, yeah. um, uh. For making, you know, because that's a system where it would be very easy to have a really cool concept that just isn't mechanically realized because you made the build in a way that didn't function how you wanted it to. Um, Yeah, there's a
1: lot of um, like you really um, one of the things with with third edition was although you can get mechanically distinct builds that are tactically unique and interesting, you really got to know the system to make that like to pull that off consistently. What's what's
0: what's what's your go-to game that you generally run that isn't a game that you or I make like a game like a system that you generally uh, lean to
1: oh well, my the, yeah the adventure conquer king system is the one i usually go to like that's my default game if i'm if i think of a new concept i'm like okay well
0: let's try it next now <laughs> so, what's what what are the what are your mechanical options if you're trying to make distinct competitors in a in a tournament type situation in a wuxia type scenario does that game come with with uh features that you can exploit or they optional material out there I'm sorry no, the, the reason that
1: I uh, the reason that I've been making my own game the reason I'm so interested in stuff like wandering heroes motor gate and stuff like that is because the combat isn't super fascinating to resolve in those okay. I mean it's interesting whenever you're in a dungeon and there's high stakes and there's a lot of like, like there's a lot of variance in the monsters and bad guys but like if it's just one guy with a sword fighting another guy with a spear there's, an, it's not, like, there's not enough strategically going on with the minutia of the cut and thrust and back and forth to make that really immersive.
0: I get you, I get you. That, it's, it's fine, but well, that's, like... That's what you want. I mean, I'm assuming the reason why you want that system is because it's simple and it doesn't require yeah, a lot it's, of... Yeah, it's approachable.
1: Yeah. And making something that's both approachable and tactically nuanced and rich is really hard.
0: But But you know what? In a system like that, what that opens up is the freedom of the GM to improvise stuff. That, yes. that can that can be like and again I'm not as familiar with that system as you but I mean it's, it's BX dude. Oh it's BX. It's so I mean like you, you can say like you know like my my uh, my you know this this guy has like a a parasol that he uses that you know deflects <laughs> attacks and he gets an extra saving throw or something whenever people throw projectiles at him or you know like oh, yeah. you know you And you
1: you can tack on little things like that with almost no difficulty because again the system's very simple. Yeah. So it, it resists it, it's mutable. You can, you can define, you can describe things different ways, or you can give people like little tricks. Like you just said with the parasol. It's a really good little trick. Yeah. You know.
0: And in a tournament, that's all you need. You don't need like, like what I found. Um, and again, I usually use Ogre Gate when I'm doing this stuff. So what oh, I would normally yeah, do nice. is, I. but if I'm doing a tournament, I have to make like 10 guys, right? So I don't want to make like 10 full characters all the time. So what I'll usually do is I'll say, okay, I'm going to just make up two signature abilities that are, their techniques that they have, like a counter and a, and an attack, and maybe I'll put one other one in there, and and I'll generally make them up on the fly. I won't pull them out of the book. I'll be like, okay, this guy's a unique character, and he has like the super the super fish, uh, fish hook spinning attack or something, you know. And then I just try to figure out what that would be. Um, and so I find that doing it that way is really a handy way to 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 um to make sure the character stands out and make sure I'm not like you know going through this grueling process of assembling eight characters, uh, you know, before a session.
1: Um, you know, product idea, you could just make a couple of templates, uh, for like, like rolling things where you're like, do you need Hermann fighter right now? Roll on these three charts. And there he is.
0: That's probably what I should do. Um, you I should probably find should a way, a way to make, to randomize the technique <laughs> concepts. Um, but but I but what I really like about it though is that it's not random. I sort of just take a pen and paper and I just say like, okay, I want this person to do like a like a somersault in the air where they kick the person in the face thing, and you know that that and okay, what do I think that would be? And I eyeball it. And
1: you're talking about guidelines would be super useful that I would exchange money for to have at my fingertips, Brendan. You should yeah. write this down. But I
0: did. I wrote it's 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 kind of in the tournament of Dalu book. I put I put, I, I I get into that in the end. In the final, vi- you know
1: people go buy Tournament of Dalu, it's free.
0: Can't but, get a better uh, price. Well, you know, you know, what my problem is, I bury these things, and the, we were kind of talking about this like, like, like I, I put them in like the back of the book where nobody sees them. There's there's a whole thing in that book on, um, uh, there's a name generator, there's a there's all kinds of stuff in like the appendix, but you know, I, and I don't and I don't draw anybody's attention to it in the introduction half the time, so so if. Yeah. That's why, like, people will say to me, like, "Is there a character sheet in this game?" Like, yeah, it's in the last page. Didn't you see it? And they're like, "No, I didn't automatically go to the last page to look for the character sheet." Um, Spoiler alert: I did. Uh, so, well, I think I most like people that. do that. I think most people do go look for the character sheet. But, uh, but either way, I think I think a tournament is a really good uh, uh, structure to have an adventure at, and it's and it's and and, and it's also it's it's a. You can do a lot with it because if you don't want to deal with like all the subplot stuff, you can just focus on the tournament, but but you can do all kinds of things in terms of having a mystery to solve, having uh, dangers that the players have to fend off in order to just compete in the tournament. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's all, you know, or even if the players were involved in a conspiracy themselves, like there's nothing to say that they couldn't be the Japanese characters in, oh, in yeah. this scenario, you know? Snapping
1: people with kites and giant ninjas split into other smaller sentai ninjas
0: in fact that might be a really fun adventure like you have to kid not kill you have to kidnap these grand masters and bring them back so that we can unravel the mysteries of their martial arts that's uh you know that that would be an interesting scenario for players to have to solve
1: oh my god yeah so yeah really this tournament's great this movie is stuffed with really good ideas and I'm going over it scene by scene in my head. I'm pretty certain every single scene is worth watching in this movie. Like there's no fat on it. Like everything is poppy and unique and fun. And
0: it, and it really gets your blood rolling. Like it really does a good job of, of, of getting you excited about what's coming next and, and, and keeping you invested in the, in, in the characters. And like I said, I think it's that weird mix of goofiness and quality that, like, 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 it's really good filmmaking. Like, there are moments in this movie where like, wow, that was a really great like, like the, the end shot when, when oh. he's, you know what I mean? When they have the two fighters on the precipice overlooking the ocean, that shot is just beautiful and, and, it's, and it's not just like a random beautiful shot. There was so much building up to that moment in the movie and, and I think that's that you know, it's, it's very easy to come up with a cleverly structured shot. It's not easy to have all of the moving parts of the film Lead to that moment and have it have the weight that that scene had. Um,
1: There's actually a lot of structure like that to this movie. Uh, the, it's it's really wonderfully interconnected.
0: Yeah, Man, I, just, and, it's and, a lot <laughs> and in fact, the the reason I had I, I had mentioned this movie to you. Number one, I knew it was a Gonzo type movie. And I thought, that, and that's what you were in the mood yeah. for when you asked for a recommendation. But also, we're going to be doing a Chinese ghost story, and. He directed a Chinese ghost story, so I thought. I thought secret i was that
1: the that, secret supposed to figure out.
0: Yep, yep. Now, now I, I will guess. say, a Chinese ghost story has a totally different vibe than this one. Though, again, it is a film that sort of has a balance of goofiness and quality and and heart that's unexpected. Um, and the same thing, I think. Did we do Swordsman 2 or no? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. I feel like we did. I hope we did, but but Swordsman Two is another one. Um, you know. It, and, and, and again, he's he's, he, he's just a really, really good director, I think. Um, and he really gets the fight sequences done well, too. Like, the fights in, the, in his movies are always uh, enjoyable. Um, yeah,
1: they're, they're intense, but, like, you never lose track of what's going on.
0: Yeah, no, they're very slickly edited. Like, they, they're stylized, and, like, it's, it's the opposite of a Shaw Brothers movie where, like, you can see everything that everybody's doing. There's a lot of camera work going on, a lot of editing but you never get lost, like you're saying. You never feel like you don't understand what's going on, and and all of that editing just serves to enhance the action. It doesn't serve to, you know, disguise, you know, the performance. No, like, no yeah, yeah, I know. Especially in a movie like this, because this is, you know, uh, Damien Lau and Norman Chu. They've been in a bunch of movies like this already. They 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 know what they're doing. Um, you know, uh, and Eddie Ko definitely knows what he's doing. Um, so it's a, uh, uh, you know. It, it's it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't have the feel of a movie where they're where they're trying to get around an actor's uh limitations and even when uh this director does do that if you say he has an actor who's not the best martial arts performer but is a good actor uh I feel like he doesn't do he doesn't use the editing that way he tends to more rely on characters having a powerful presence or something um do you know what I mean which does which feels like less of a trick to me um
1: yeah, even in the scenes where Like There's clearly actors who aren't necessarily martial artists, and they are literally using ninja tricks to fight. It's carried off in a way that feels dangerous. Yep. And it it feels dynamic, and it feels like it has the same kind of energy that the rest of the fights have. So, yeah, I think you got something there, right?
0: Well, when I see a ninja movie, what I want is I want to be surprised by the inventiveness of the ninjas. I want their ingenuity and their preparations to all... Be a surprise, and for me to marvel at that as it as it as it happens. And I felt like they did a very good job. Everything from like using the powder to get the text on the scroll to to put to stuffing dynamite on their bodies and throwing themselves at the monks and then just exploding. And you know, down to some of the really wacky stuff like the giant, the giant uh, five part ninja uh, character <laughs> into five
1: smaller ninjas. I, I, he's full of tinier men. Um, <laughs>
0: Well, and what was cool, and again, I think I, I, we had originally recorded this, and we had some problems, so we had to start over. So I don't know if we touched on it in this version or not. So I'm just going to address it now. But yeah. that scene where you have the giant ninja, it turns out it's actually five guys or maybe five ladies because one of them disrobes and starts doing a seductive dance, and then you know that that's 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 how she ensnares the uh, the monk character. Um, you know that 99
1: percent certain that was actually a lady. Not going to lie to you. That might have been sexy nujutsu.
0: so yeah, I, I don't know what was going on in that scene, but but number one, it sort of reminded me a little bit of the um uh, five element ninja because you did have a yeah. scene where you had the woman, um, but it was like I think this scene was much more effective in how it was handled. like it was the 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 way that the film was edited really made that scene uh, bizarre. that that I don't think you could have done if you were shooting it like a more classic Shaw brothers film. Yeah, this
1: it's definitely distinct from the Shaw brothers. So we watched the Shaw brothers film too. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, and like, you can really tell how unique this one is. Like when you contrast them, uh, one of the things I wanted to point out about the ninjas is that they don't just surprise and shock the characters. They surprise and shock you as an audience member as you're watching it.
0: That's really nice.
1: Yeah, so it's a nice emotional unity between uh, viewer and actor,
0: and uh, and and we should get into Eight Diagram Pole Fighter because I know that um, uh, you wa- you watched it. I I I've done it on the program before. We've we've done it on Wu Weekend. I think I've done it on a, um on an independent review that I did. Um, but this was your first time seeing it, and it's a it's a film set during the Song Dynasty uh it's a, a lao car lung film it stars Kara hui gordon lu and um uh it stars uh alexander fusheng who died during the making of it so it's um you know it, it has a certain significance to it and it's a you know early 80s shaw brothers film so it's got a, I think a slightly different vibe than some of the 70s ones um and it's a you know it's a, it's a yang family movie so uh what what's your review of it? What did you think of this movie?
1: Who well you can you can kind of tell. Like so I was watching it, and at some point, uh, Alexander Fushing's character vanishes from the movie. Yeah, <laughs> brother, brother six is gone, and then brother five takes over, and you can kind of tell that that wasn't their original view for it. But they they do carry it off really well. The only uh the only kind of startling thing is just how abruptly. And completely, he uh, he vanishes from the movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. He just um, he just. I mean, they, they just they just don't. They don't even attempt to explain it, really, right? They just like,
1: no. That's we're done with that now. And they don't resolve any of the things he did with the movie. And I think that upon reviewing like the, the context of it, that was to preserve his last unfinished like work because he he died while they were shooting, so he didn't get to finish the whole thing. They didn't get to uh, to complete his arc. But all of his acting is still in the movie, and it's really, really good. Uh, Like, uh, oof. Okay, so, hmm. There's a lot to appreciate in this movie. I do like uh, that it has a really powerful structure, despite what is a gigantic tragedy that happened while filming it. Like, it begins in this, like, extremely, literally explosive war scene with this, like, chaotic maelstrom of fighting and a lot of character deaths. And it also ends that way. I noticed that while I was watching it very clearly, like, they, they start in the battlefield and they really end on the battlefield, really fighting the same enemy with the same stakes. Yep. Uh, so that was really cool. Uh, there is a a sort of haunting, like, one, two-step unity between Brother 5 and Brother 6, the only surviving Yang brothers of the massacre that begins at the beginning of the movie. Yep. And it's it really does feel like there's a scene where they both fall asleep and they're having a nightmare. And one of them falls asleep, and the other one wakes up crying out the other one's name. And like that was this moment in the movie where you could kind of like subtly feel the baton getting handed off to uh, to brother six from yeah. brother five, where it's like this this star this sun is setting, another one's rising over here. There's a lot of stuff like that in this movie that gives it a, a startling and emotionally impactful unity that is really really fun to watch.
0: I feel like this huh. is a movie that just intentionally breaks the fourth wall a little bit it kind of like like you have to know the backstory to really sense it but it's something and it's something that they've talked about like Cara has singled this out as one of her favorite films that she's been in and and the reason is the emotional weight of it due to the death of Alexander Fusheng and you you see it in it's a it's an emotional movie regardless like the whole way through this is an emotional film it's it's it yeah. opens up even before his death with just a Really emotional battle scene where people are slaughtered, um, but but you get you like there are scenes and and again I don't know the timing I don't know like how often it's the case that when I'm when I'm seeing scenes like this Alexander Fu was still alive or if he had already died but there's a lot of scenes where Gordon Liu and Karahui have like tears in their eyes like you can see their eyes watering and and it feels like that's maybe related to what happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially yeah, in that final it's... battle, that final battle feel—it's like the most cathartic final battle that I can I can really think of on screen. Um, it
1: is cathartic, and I wonder how much of that is acting and how much of that was just the genuine reaction to the tragedy.
0: And and I don't know. I mean, I would imagine a lot of it was a very genuine reaction. Um, and and also, I think the way that they did it too, because again, the the it, they were also sort of hampered too because the. The, the thing that Gordon Lewis' character is supposed to be learning is how to defang the enemy not how to kill it right like so because that was the whole thing with the 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 teeth the teeth smashing staff thing that he was learning. <laughs> and there was but but what's interesting about it is even though it's like they're they're smashing you know they're supposed to be using this non-lethal technique watching them smash out these guys te- teeth over it, it it's the most brutal thing
1: <laughs> that I know it's, you, it's really uh that that had a strong impact on me. I've had a lot of dental work this year, so as you know, I've kind of said stuff about it. But like yeah, they they violently like shove metal poles in people's mouths and rip out their teeth. And the teeth like the prop teeth go flying, blood spurts out of their mouths. You can see like the gaping wounds in their mouth from the shredded teeth. It's a uh, it's pretty stomach turning, not gonna lie. And I'm like, Yay, pacifism. <laughs>
0: And the and the fight it's, it's interesting it's 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 pacifism, path, pacifism with a with an edge to it I guess I don't know it's a
1: horrifically uh, violent pacifism yeah.
0: it's uh but it but it's interesting because because you 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 see that scene where he's training on the dog dummies taking out their teeth and you're you you know and you're sort of like well that seems kind of like an ineffectual method but then you know when they're smashing out the teeth in the end it's 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 brutal it's brutal and the fight choreography is so good um, that you know this has some really spectacular fight scenes and, and 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 again the quality of the the sort of emotional quality of all the fight scenes really gives it a i i think i think great fight scenes are great but it's when you get that emotional uh you know under you know undercurrent with them that 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 they really have an effect on the viewer at least for me you know i, I find that the more the more emotion they can work into the, the fight choreography, the the more effective it is. And and that's yeah. Oh go ahead. I said I concur. And it's definitely on display here. So did you enjoy the movie? Were you were, would yeah, you recommend
1: yeah. it? Yeah you will be transported by this movie. Like I certainly was. It's it's powerfully emotional. And beyond that, like it just There's there's a lot to appreciate when you're watching it. Like, it it has a lot of unexpected richness and depth to it, which is really just, oh, it's really good to watch. Um,
0: Well, there's the whole scene where he goes to the temple, for example, and he he sort of demands to be made a monk.
1: (laughs) And they're like, (laughs) no, you're you're a crazy, you're a half-crazed warrior from a warrior clan. No, you can't be a monk. So he shaves his own head, like, you know, which is extremely awful and stupid to do uh, from the guy who just gave himself a haircut. Really easy to cut yourself, and he does. Like as he's shaving his head, like there's this clear like trickles of blood coming right. off, where he's screwing it up. Then he takes the uh, the incense sticks and he he puts the uh, the little I, I don't know what they're actually called, the little Buddhist dots into his own head by burning them into his skull. Which you get to see in all of its glory. It, it's. Uh, it's so agonizing and intense that he passes out for like a week afterwards in character. And I was watching that movie like, Oh God, it's almost like a torture scene, except there's clearly this catharsis for the character. So
0: that, that scene was so well done because when he wakes up and he's in, they give him the monks, bring him food and he starts to eat it. And then I think he throws the food aside when they tell him he has to leave. I yep. get hungry and upset watching him throw the food away. Because I know how exhausted this guy, you know what I mean? Like I, you, yeah. you, can, you can feel how hungry he would be, and he's just discarding this meal that he definitely needs to eat. Um, <laughs> so it's a, you know, it's just one of those. And and if they hadn't done a good job of building up to it, I wouldn't have felt that way. Do you know what I mean? Oh
1: yeah, because um, they, I think they wedge in a scene between him passing out and him waking up, and it's a pretty lengthy scene, so it feel you feel that passage of time with him. Yeah. What a really good structure to it like that
0: yeah I I, I think this is I mean I, again this is it's a really great movie I don't know if it, it doesn't some people respond to it differently so I'm always, I always kind of put like an asterisk next to it because I think number one it's a movie that you probably need a little familiarity with the genre before you get to it maybe it might it might not be the best first yeah. Wuxia movie though I don't know maybe 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 I'm mistaken because I'm sure there are people out there who I, I this was know. their first film and they and they adored it so I don't know um, I I know that there are people like Whenever, whenever I put out anything on Eight Diagram Pole Fighter, I usually get a reaction. Like I usually get some kind of reaction from people. Um, so it's definitely one of those movies that has an effect. Um,
1: yeah, it, it's impactful. I don't know that I'd recommend it as a first wuxia movie. I think that you should at least know a little bit about... like Because there's a lot of bureaucracy and there's a lot of like actual Chinese history blended in here. There's a lot of family structure stuff and there's the stuff with Buddhism. It helps have some cultural understanding of what the hell's going on. Right. Otherwise, it's, it could be pretty can be easy to get lost, I think.
0: You know what movie I would recommend watching before this? I'd recommend watching 14 Amazons and then watching this. Have we done 14 Amazons or no?
2: No, I don't think so.
0: Oh, we should, at some point, we should do 14 Amazons. Um, it's, a, it's, it's, it's another Yang family movie, um, but it, it focuses on, on, on different characters. Um, mm. And I think, uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a good introduction. Um, and also, there's a lot of mirroring. Like, I I feel like this movie is aware of 14 Amazons in the way it presents some of the scenes. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I I I think I think this is a very good movie. And Lau Kar Lung is. Uh, we've done a few of his films now, haven't we? Like you did My Young Auntie, right? Did you yeah. do, Did you do Legendary Weapons of China with me? Yes, it is. Um, so, so, I mean, you have a... I think you have a better sense now of Lau Kar-Lung as a director. Um, oh, yeah. Legendary
1: Weapons of China and this... Like, this reminded me of Legendary Weapons of China a lot. Like, in the very... The ultimate fight scene where they just completely go for broke at the very end. Hmm. That seems to be a very Lau Kar-Lung move.
0: <laughs> well, I think that... I think the the quality of the of the martial arts is, is a Lau Kar-Lung thing. You, you know, you always get... You get very sort of... Uh, like, you know, he, it's real, it's, it, it's, it's like real martial arts that you usually are seeing on the screen. Like it's, it's done for movie. So it's stylized, but like, but, but you'll, you'll see like, you know, uh, you know, uh, stuff that just has more authenticity to it. Uh, and, and so that's, that, you know, you could, you could argue it's his strength and it's his weakness, but it, I think it, I think it, I think it's thing that really sets his movies apart. And I yeah. feel like, uh, um, you know, this is, this is one of the top movies, uh, in terms of the fight choreography for Lao Kar-Lung. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think, I don't, I, I, well, let me rephrase that. I don't think I've ever seen a bad, uh, fight scene in a Lao Kar-Lung movie just because he's so good at that. But, um, but this is up there in terms of the quality.
1: Well, that and like the technical quality is really impressive. Like the beginning and end of the movie are these gigantic war scenes with, with dozens of actors, in the frame at the same time, all choreographed yep. in a, a chaotic and and like really impactful fight scene that loses none of its impact for having that much visual density to it, that much movement. Yep. Like that's really impressive to pull off, and he does it at the beginning and the end of the movie, and both of them have the same kind of chaos, but a different kind of feel.
0: Yeah. That's now, amazing no and that that opening scene is great too because it's got this like surreal stagey quality to it. it's obviously done on a sound stage or something um but but that to me that always is more immersive because then i sort of enter like a dream state when i'm watching it dude you know i mean it doesn't feel it feels like just unreal enough that that it's 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 got this opaque sort of celestial quality to it and and, and so I, I really like that opening scene for that reason it's a, um Again, I guess in, 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 like, a Western movie, I'd compare it to, like, the way that those sort of sets were used in in Dracula, the, the Francis Ford Coppola movie. Like, if you do... If, like, you can use sets to enhance reality in a way that, you know, is more immersive than reality itself. Um, yeah, I concur.
1: It's part of the magic of cinema doing something like that. And you're right. There's an almost dreamlike quality. There, there's something nightmarish and... Um, upsetting about that scene visually yep. and it makes it serve as a nice kind of uh, yang to the yin of the the final scene which is much more brightly lit, like much more natural lighting, it's inside now, so it, it balances in a really interesting way
0: Now we're, we're, we're coming towards the end because I have limited time but I do want to get into gaming stuff here because I was curious if you had any gaming thoughts on this movie was there anything that you thought about in terms of design, did it inspire anything do you think this movie maybe isn't particularly suited for, for game inspiration? No, he's
1: very suited for gaming. Uh, for for example, uh, whenever Alexander Pushkin's character staggers back from the battle, he's completely insane with grief and horror. Mm-hmm. And he, he plays that through really well. And it got me thinking about how uh, imbalances work in my game, uh, which is like the way they worked in Legends of the Lin and uh, Weapons of the Gods, where you're incentivized to, as a player, kind of hammer it up and act in a certain way to represent the emotional turmoil of the character. And it got me thinking, like, well, a good way to incentivize any kind of roleplay like that or any any kind of action or roleplaying game is by creating an incentive system for it. So in mine, it's like you get XP whenever you do something like that, and you can spin that toward healing yourself or just to getting more powerful and staying crazy. So I was thinking about that. Um, yeah, you
2: always are like being
0: <laughs> what I was thinking about, too, and, I, and I've sort of toyed with this in places in the past, but I've never fully committed to it. But in martial arts movies, in wuxia books and movies, characters, they don't... And I mentioned this because you mentioned XP. They, mm-hmm. they don't get new abilities because they, because they leveled, necessarily. Yeah. I mean, there is leveling. There is actual leveling of a technique in, a, in, in this genre. But, mm-hmm. but, they, but they get the abilities because they, they learn them. Do you know what I mean? Like somebody said, here's the manual and then they trained and maybe they had to like have a breakthrough of some kind and i i i i w- with a film like this it sort of makes me very tempted to use a much more free form you know how to use the tooth smashing staff technique because you you actually went and did this you know you <laughs> trained for a month and you you know like in game and that and then, and this is the byproduct of all that training because <laughs> Because That's supposed
1: you get a for stuff in my game.
0: Well, well because...
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. It's such... You, you are very correct. That is such an important element, especially in Wuxia, where you don't just, oh, I killed X many goblins, or got X many treasure, now I'm gen- generally better. Yeah. It's very concrete and specific. It's like, no, I learned the, the dog-smashing-tooth technique from this one abbot. Because I trained. Remember when I trained? Yeah. Like, all of that is necessary to preserve the feel. And so I made certain to translate into the game as best as I could.
0: Well, and that's that's hard. Because, I mean, I think in gaming, like... I remember even in D&D, they had the old training rules that, like, almost mm. nobody I knew used. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I knew people who used them. But it was, very, <laughs> it was very rare that I went to a group that actually used those rules. Um, yeah. Now, if you did use those rules, they're perfect for this sort of thing. Um, but, but I find in a lot of games you know you you tend to you know the it's not it, it, it there's not enough of a one-to-one connection between i'm act i'm going to the temple and this master is showing me the technique and i'm getting the technique there's usually some other thing like i don't have enough experience yet or i don't have this or mm-hmm. that that kind of makes that a little bit more prohibitive in play Yeah, it's it's
1: a little muddier, and, like, you have to, like, orchestrate the timing a lot better. Yeah. Actually, in in my game, I was realizing something as an outgrowth of the social system in that different people will be more or less willing to teach you their magic martial arts depending Mm -hmm. on your actions. Yep. And so what I'm thinking about doing – I haven't, like, done anything concrete with this yet – is, like, making it so uh, at any given point you have a list of people that are willing to teach you the techniques and what those techniques are and why – And as you adventure, their attitude towards you changes, and the attitude of different NPCs will change toward you and open up different techniques. So when you get enough XP to train, you choose which one to go to, and you spend your scene training and get the power.
0: Okay, that could certainly work. I know, right? I was really happy when
1: I thought of that. And it's just an outgrowth of the really kind of structured way that scenes balance against each other. Which, again giving credit where it's due, that's just Gygax again. Gygax was really clear on, you have to keep notes on time in a campaign.
0: Yeah.
1: The only fallback, the only downfall of that was that he was like, count the minutes and hours, where I'm, I, I, I think that, so, I got a life, I don't really have time to, oh, this took X amount of days, uh, how about it takes one big scene, and you can take, that is that many little scenes, or something like that, it's a little easier to track whenever you do it that way. Yeah. Um, more abstract
0: granted, but so yeah so unfortunately we are out of time i'm gonna have to apologize we were just getting into a good discussion well next time we're going to talk about techniques and xp i think i think that's a topic we should bring up uh oh yeah uh but yeah so i'm going to end it here it's been an hour and uh and and i think we're gonna have to have a it won't be a duel to the death part two but i think we're gonna have to continue the themes that were raised in our next discussion I don't know how feasible that'll be if, if our next movie is a Chinese ghost story though, because thinking <laughs> about it it might not it might not quite match what we're trying to talk, cover. but um, okay, yeah
1: because I feel like there was a lot more to talk
0: about with this movie. So. There was there was a total, there was definitely and we just literally ran out of time um, oh, which wow, is a, a big shame. Um, so what I want you to do is I want you to remember uh, that we were talking about XP and techniques. maybe review some of the stuff that you have in your own games so that we can mm. be be ready to bring it up again. And, uh, talk about
1: myself.
0: And so that, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so we'll, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna have to head out and we will, uh, we will be back on hopefully soon with the Chinese ghost story. I suspect we might have another movie in between because we it, it's, it's, uh, it's a matter of getting the DVD, the Blu-ray to Joel and the, the shipping is, um, is being a little bit, a little bit, uh, frustrating to deal with. So, um, so, all right, so I guess that's it. And uh, on Friday, people can check out Usha Weekend for Supreme Swordsman. And then uh, I believe on Saturday, me and Adam are going to cover the drama series version of The 11th Sun. So we got a lot of stuff lined up. And we will talk to you later.